joining us today, folks. This is Trading Card Therapy, episode number 16. Have an esteemed guest with me today. Esteemed. And not only a long time friend, but actually our first guest ever on therapy. Oh, wow. And the reason why we chose to do Trading Card Therapy, episode 16 from here, we do it once a week. Um, usually on Wednesdays, we upload it to the podcast University Friday, so you can get it wherever you get your favorite podcast. So free all our references and help. Um, but the reason why we decided to do it live for the show is kind of look at it as like adventure, adventures in baseball productions. So in other words, we're kind of giving people who can't make the show a little sneak peek behind the curtain for the show. Exactly, because originally I was going to do it on Friday morning. I'm like, oh, that's kind of boring for them. Yeah, nothing's happened yet. Nothing's happened yet. Okay. So without further ado, um, I'd like to introduce you and then um, you can tell folks a little bit about yourself. So this is my good buddy Derek Grady from Heritage Auctions. Um, you are out of Texas, meaning the company, but you yourself are actually based in Pennsylvania. Correct. So right around the Bethlehem, Pennsylvania area. Okay. So, and I travel a lot for consignments. Awesome. Well, tell people about consignments and what that is and what you guys are looking for. Um, so, so for our card catalogs, which we have about six a year, we're looking for cards above, say, $500 or higher, anywhere from $500 to a million dollars. So okay, and we have consignment directors on the East Coast, the West Coast, the Midwest, the Upper Midwest. I've heard of one of them. His name's Lee? Lee? Yeah. Lee is kind of like my partner in crime on the East Coast. He's great. Dan, Dan Imler in California. We have Chris Neerat in Chicago. We have a bunch of guys. Tony Giese, who's here. I think he's hugged everybody in the show so far. Tony is here hugging people. Hopefully he's at the booth and we didn't just lose our whole inventory, but it's a potential. You never know. Yes. Um, it's a fun we have call. a lot of Rob Rosen. We have uh, Pete Calderon, Vintage Card Experts in Dallas. Dallas is the hub. Okay, That's where we have our 500-person facility. It's sure. like an Apple campus. Or so something. they can send their cards to you at your office in Texas. Yes. Or, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you had, let's say, a you would travel to we'll folks, travel. Yes. Um, uh, which is great. I also wanted to bring up uh, something to the audience that they may not know, Derek. Um, I know myself, I've been kind of looking to you and trying to figure out how Just Collect and Heritage can work together better on consignments. Sure. So one of the things I think our audience would love to hear about is, let's say you have a run of sets and even though Just Collect buys and sells, you're like, you know what? I want it in a catalog. I want my name on it. Okay. And I want to see it sold set by set. I know what you can do for folks, but I want you to tell folks what you can do for them in terms of picking out the cards for grading yeah, sure. and really managing the whole process. Because it would be very cumbersome for people and quite difficult because PSA is, frankly, not only backed up, but very limited on their services. Yeah, the grading services have not okay, been our friends right now. It's the worst time in the history of grading. And nobody would have thought a pandemic, which is disastrous for the world, um, could be so lucrative in the grading business where people, have, I mean, you've seen the attendance, let me just sidebar, the attendance at this show has been record setting, right? Friday and Saturday, I've never seen, you can't even look down the aisle, there's so many people. And that being said, there's that many more people submitting to grading companies and they can't hire enough graders. So here we are with crazy backlogs for a year or so. So we get some breaks based on our volume of submissions to the grading companies, and um, now I can get onto the sets. So if we got in a set run, we have several different venues to sell. In the catalog, we want a set that's, say, 
mostly X or better, okay? Especially in the 50s. And when you get into the 60s, we want to see some beer mint cards to be in the catalog. If it's not, it's all our Sunday night sales, which is great. But we know it's all Thank you. I love that you're, you're a great oil friend and customer. Yeah, that's great. And so what we do as graders is we go through, and if we find a low-pop common that looks like a 9 or a 10, we're going to pull it out and send it in for you to grade it. We don't expect our clients to understand what every card's worth and every set and the rare cards and the tough cards and the short friends, low pop rookie, Hall of Fame rookie cards. Okay, some are worth grading, some are not. It can be very. Some auction companies, I'm not going to name names, are just going to grab a handful of cards and send them in because they don't have expert graders in the staff. Sure. We have two former professional graders. Well, I still want to call myself a professional grader. I just didn't lose the title because I left. Right. Well, many of, many of our audience, even though they may know you now as D69, and as you're heavily involved in Heritage, they may not know what you um, started off at all those years ago at SGC, so let's yeah. cover that. So, when I, in 1998, I was there when SGC first started as a vice president and a senior grader, and then within a couple of years, I became the head grader, and stayed there for four or five years, and then left to go to an auction company. And came back again because I missed it. I was there for another few years. Obviously well, I mean, not. Those guys are great. Yeah. And now I'm with Heritage for the last ten years, which is the longest I've ever been anywhere. And just signed a new six-year deal. So, Congratulations. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So now I can work seven days a week for another six years. So it's perfect. But I try to go to the Super Bowl. So that's like my vacation. So we'll yeah, see. I like seeing the pics in social media. Oh, do you? Yeah. yeah okay. I do. Hey, I have one follower. Yes. Shout out to Scotty Heilman from SGC. Yeah. He's a gem amongst gems. Will, will he watch this? Well, I'm going to send it to him afterwards. Okay, so he will watch it. So what's cool is it's Our live star. now, but we'll upload it in a few days so oh, that people can watch it in the future. Okay. So that's why we're trying to explain to people a little bit about Scotty, get back to grading. Keep the turnaround times moving along. <laughs> move it. Move, move it. Move it. Okay. Um, so. so Go ahead. Uh, in terms of sets, I can see how it can be really valuable for someone who, even if you are a serious collector, I could tell you as someone who does this professionally, meaning the buying and selling of it, it is quite cumbersome to go through a set and simply just verify it's complete. Yes. Grade the top couple cards. We got yeah. our buddy Pank back there. We know how slow he is going. Oh, very slow. Pankowitz. Uh, he used to be a grader. Now he's a you know dealer. I don't even know what he does. Oh, he likes to consider himself a savant. Yeah, and I you know he may have a hot dog stand in New York City. I don't know. I mean, but he'll do anything. Keith. Okay. Yeah. So. But no, honestly, it's very cumbersome, and that's how we earn our money, to be honest. Because everybody thinks, oh, you know, look how much commissions you're making for players premium, and it's like, trust me, sets are much more difficult than a graded card. Sure. Okay. And there's no question that you want your experts to go through your sets. And also, I want to say, not every set is for us. Sure. Okay. And just collect. I know Leighton does buy sets and offers fair prices. Otherwise, you wouldn't be buying as much stuff as you do if you weren't fair. Okay. And a lot of dealers aren't as fair. So Leighton is on one of our preferred lists of if your stuff isn't for us, we will refer you to Leighton. Okay. If as a, and again, you don't put a gun anybody's had to sell to you. You make a fair offer and they either take, they don't or they negotiate, right? Exactly. But if, sometimes when you come to a show, there's dealers that just make you lowball offers. You've always been fair. I know that. So we recommend to sell it's not for us because maybe it's a mid-grade set run from the 70s or 60s. It's missing 70s. It's not really going to fit, yes. you know, necessarily catalog on Sunday night. And all of a sudden, you're like, you know what? You should probably talk to whether it be your friends that just collect or another professional dealer. Sure. Find out what they can offer you and pay. Um, and listen, I remember being in the auction business all these years ago. Sometimes people say, you know, Derek, 
I just don't want to be bothered. I'm okay if you brought it all up. Yep. And you do a, a year set run from the 50s and 60s all together. Yep. In which case, you're going to have dealers like myself actively bid, um, which is still a very fair way to sell it if you didn't want to piece it out. Um, I do see a great question from the community I wanted to ask you. Um, is there any hopes of getting back to realistic grading turnarounds, do you think, in 2022? God, man, I would absolutely love to see it. It's, it's a stain right now on the hobby when we're asking people to buy this new product and they want to submit cards and they really get excited to get them back, whether it's either one of the big three grading companies, okay? They get excited to get them back and they get really, it's it's just not fun. It was It's fun when you can submit and get cards back. I even believe if the grades are off, they just can't wait to get the package, okay? I don't want the grades to be off either, but what we're, we're in crisis right now with PSA, SGC, and Beckett are both desperately trying to hire graders. Heritage, I'm trying to hire graders. Everybody wants to hire graders. Okay? So there's a shortage of shortage graders. graders as far as yes. you know, grading. And, um, and also, it would be, and I don't think to the, the question, it's fair for the, the grading companies to say, well, if you pay $95 a card, we'll get them back to you. It's like, wait a second. The card's a $20 rookie card. I want to get it graded. You shouldn't pay $95 a card. You're nuts to do that. If you, yeah, look, they're not telling you they're going to do 10s. You can get streamlined on all nines, okay? And now you're just like, now I just wasted a 1000 bucks. They need to come up with, again, it's employees how do they find them how do they find graders i've had a hell of a time doing it so is every the president of bsa foreman at sgc back at i talk everybody. everybody um so i don't i want to be optimistic and say the turnaround times will get better in 2022 but yes. if the submissions keep they keep getting an avalanche of submissions and no new talent in there to grade it's going to stay backlog for a while but i would still recommend not paying a crazy number on parts that aren't worth getting graded Okay. Oh, I, I so, 100% agree with you. It's not only bad for your wallet, yeah. um, but it's it's a kind of situation where I think this is why we're seeing some of the newer grading companies pop up. Folks like, let's say, ISA or CGS and other grading companies. I think in some cases, even though folks, of course, want their um, card to sell for the most, there's some people who literally just want to slap. Yes, and I think, and I can't speak to, you know, CSG, that's the former... They owned SGC at one point. They just got back into it. They got some of the Beckett graders. I'm sure they do a fine job. I can't say, you know, Koontz, one of our friends, is ISA. He knows what he's doing. And as far as what the resale value of those cards are, I can only tell you that SGC, Beckett, and BSA have a track record of 20-some years. But there is always going to be new people into this. Who's going to survive? I'll never forget when SGC opened as, say, the number two grading. It was PSA, then SGC, right? Shortly thereafter, there were 30 grading companies. Pro, USA. Oh, my God. FMG. FGA. Literally grading cards in their basement with no standards. The trimmed and altered cards were a mess, okay? And that chased people out of the hobby because they thought if it's it encapsulated, they can buy it. And then they'd send it in and say, okay, I know this is a pro 10, so I can get an SGC 5. No, it's trim. I can't put it in a 5. I can't do anything. So what people learned quickly was stick to PSA, SGC, and back it real quick. With, and then the pros and USAs and CTAs and all these companies are out of business, right? I think some of like ISA, they're not going anywhere to my knowledge. The new CSG is not going to go anywhere with that company. They have comics, they do coins. 
they're in it to stay. Some of these guys raid just to be a scam. You forget it. Okay, I, anybody can do it. I guess I can start a great late new business venture. I'm an expert grader. I'll put my talent up against anybody. And you will just grade via scans and make a bunch of money. I'll do it from the beach in a room. There you go. We'll just look at scans and put a number on it, right? Um, you don't have to see it in person. Just, that looks like a 10 to me. We can make everybody happy. No, honestly, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to try some of the grading companies, especially at a fair price. Like, send some parts to ISA. Some parts to CSG. But you know what I would do? I would start with the making it up. Yeah. 1990 Pro Set Smith Rook. Right? Meaning in a 10, it's 150 bucks a PSA. Oh, there you maybe, go. maybe in a, in a 9, it's only 20. But with the new grading company, it's only 10 bucks. At the end of the day, the card raw is only yeah. 5 or 10 bucks. Yeah. All right, your downside's limited. Yeah. If you get a 10, maybe you pop it on eBay for $49.95 or $74.95, it's half the price of a PSA 10, yeah. and all of a sudden maybe things start to get traction, yeah. but I think it is a nice choice for, like my buddy Woody's here at the show, he doesn't actively collect cards, so you might take some of his old childhood cards and grade them for eight, seven bucks, yeah. not caring about what grading he is, just wants some slab, yeah. he wants to give them to his sons and, and be able to preserve them. Yeah, and I think that's fair, and I, and I do believe, so PSA just lowered the regular show to 95. So when you're that's big news, I just saw it. Well, <laughs> I saw it on Instagram. Or all right, all right. it's almost so big news. We're gonna fake news. I'm gonna short just yet. Well, that's good. Under hundreds, but I think, but under hundred. But to your point on the Emmett Smith, ninety-five versus ten. I'm choosing the ten. So much. Oh, very much so. There's no way I'm submitting that. Or, or to be fair, and a very good question. Someone's asking, given the problem with the grading turnaround times. Do you believe there's a rising market for high-end raw cards? Yes, I love it. If you can find people that grade the cards accurately, and you have like Greg Morris, on Greg Morris is again, I've never bought from him, but I have heard, and there's people following his business model. That he has some graders that do a very good job describing the cards accurately. I love that model. It, again, this is whole, this is the whole key to this. Being able to grade whether it's a 48 Bowman card and knowing it's not trim and a set looking at it front and back, not missing the back creases, not missing any alterations, and standing behind your product. If they can do that, because I, I used to be an SCD subscriber um, in the 80s and I ordered 56 baseball, you know, one time from a guy in Hawaii. He said they're all human. I'm like, done. I will buy your 50 count lot. I get them. There's creases. Or act. I kept two cards. And I was like, I called them. I was just like, this is insulting. What are you doing? Like, as long as... I, so, yes, high-end raw cards. I am doing this at Heritage, too. I don't have time with every consignment. As a grader, I can grade these cards near mint to mint and mint sometimes and just sell them raw. I don't need to send in some 88 clear rookie cards. Of Reggie Miller. Of Reggie Miller to hope to get a nine... To even if I pay 25 bucks at SGC or 20, whatever it is at SGC, that gets 150. That's a no. PSA is whatever. That's a no. And if I just call it mint or near mint to mint, we stand behind it. We have graders grading the stuff. So Greg Morris is doing a good job, and I, to all I know, he is. Okay. And there's going to be other people copying that model. And there is a refund policy on eBay, right? Yeah, there is. And I would, you know how to grade. So anything just collects, sell, you're going to stand behind it. I would tell you, we had almost no returns on eBay for ungraded cards. But we haven't been selling ungraded cards in recent years because our business model has changed. Okay. Um, but I think it's great that as the hobby has been having, let's just call it some of these issues with the grading companies, 
that we all collectively, as dealers, collectors, auction houses, investors, so on and so forth, that we're all adapting. Yes. I'll be honest, when I first heard about the news and like I looked at all, I mean, what, thousands of cards like that were on the verge of being submitted, how upset I was. I thought, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to lose all this. And you know what? You just did that. Yep. And you change. And whether it be you're an entrepreneur, whether it be you're a big auction house like Heritage, whether it be you're somewhere in the middle, and there's a lot of folks you know, in the middle, um, we all have to adapt in all you know, walks of life. Um, one of the questions I want to ask you, of course, I'm trying to ignore the two pieces of eye candy I have right in front of me. Um, but I've noticed this, and I wanted to bring this up to your attention because we're both kind of cardboards. I believe, I have folks ask me this all the time, where's the opportunity, right? Where can you buy? I never like to give investment advice. However, I think one cool thing with the rising um, prices of vintage across the board, mm -hmm. that if you go look at certain authentic cards, and these are cards that would grade, let's say, SGC authentic, okay. PSA authentic. So it could be trimmed. Maybe it has a punch hole. Maybe someone tried to add color to it. Or just minimum size. Or minimum size. Which yeah. I prefer. Yeah. Because it came well, right up to the back. Fair, yes, way. that would be the best. Yeah. Um, great point. Um, but I think that there's a nice opportunity out there to, let's say, add a Babe Ruth card or a Ty Cobb card or a Mickey Mantle card that would maybe be out of your budget. Yep. I believe that as the in five years, in ten years now, when there's not enough 33 bodies for all the demand out there, you're going to be, if you were smart and you bought the nice authentics, I believe financially you're going to have a nice return. It may take some time. I totally agree with you. Here's why. A lot of the new people coming in literally looked at us like we were idiots. How, how are these cards only this much of Babe Ruth and Tycoff? Sure. So all those lower grade examples, forget about the high, the high grade has gone through the roof, the low grade has also gone through the roof because they're saying, well, wait a minute, I want Babe Ruth and Tycoffs. The Mayan Zion Williamson's is great, but some of these people are saying, wait a minute, how can I get a Gaudi Ruth for... The same money as a... This doesn't make sense. How can I buy T206 Cobbs for a couple grand or whatever in threes? And, no, those days are over. But now... Whatever you can get them at is over. I don't care if it's a Kovacs rookie. Some oh, of these iconic great rookies. Point. You're right. Okay, any of these iconic rookies. Not I appeal. Yeah, I appeal is huge. Centering is everything to people. Forget about, you know, if it's centered, I see people that would rather have centered threes than cards that are like X plus that aren't centered. It's funny, so I have a post coming out in my Instagram account, which I know you follow me. I did. Um, Leighton underscore Sheldon. So I recently got back Clemente Rookie, which I feel years ago at PSA would have been a four, four and a half. Okay. I got a three. I have a PSA four up on a set break on VintageBreaks.com. And a three looks nicer. And a three to me, I would take every day of the week. Yeah. And I'm going to ask Instagram. I'm going to ask them to vote. And to me, I think a lot of people, I think it's going to be 70, 30, 80, 20. People are going to want the three. I see it all the time. Buy the card, buy the card, not the holder. I've been saying that since 1998. As long as it's graded by a reputable company, look at the card with your own eyes. There are sevens and eights that are dog poo-poo. They won't say yes sword on here. Um, there are ugly cards that were graded early on, and some of the stuff coming out now is so tight, as you know. There are eights that could have been tens a few years ago. I mean, they are really, the grading companies are tight, and as a grader, I can tell you, when you get buried and backed up and you have to fly through stuff, you go conservative, unfortunately. I wish you didn't, but you do. Everybody does. Because graders don't get fired for undergrading. Because you can't divine why the grader undergraded. That's a great the point, Doug. You get fired for overgrading, not undergrading. Okay? That's probably the most interesting point that I've really heard in the last, I would say, several weeks. And the reason why I say that is because even though like I knew it, yeah. Oh, I it's never, true. I never put, it's true. I never put the words together and like, wait a minute, this is why, of course, it matters. 
because they're so busy and they have to get X amount and of stuff out. Fired for you're not getting fired for undergrading. I would probably if I kept because here's the thing. Well, no, I'm saying yeah. I would want to get rid of because undergrading is terrible. Also, I think and overgrading is terrible because anybody can see that. We need accurate. We need accurate grading, but it's harder for approvers. So inherit. So at SGC, I verified people's stuff. I graded stuff, but I also proofed stuff. It's harder to tell when you need to get orders out the door and you see an eight on something, let's say a nine, and you're looking at it and you're tilting it frontwards and backwards, you're looking through the holder to see why isn't this a nine? Very difficult. When something is an eight, but they put it in a nine and you see two touch corners, I do crack it out immediately. You instantly know. And, and I don't you don't have time to divine what the grader was seeing when he undergrades. You just assume he saw some flaw, so that's why it's an eight, and you just make sure they're not overgraded. Nobody really has time to make sure they're not undergraded, and that's a flaw in the system. And you want to tell graders, go in with the highest grade. But I remember when I was even grading modern invoices now. This is a different modern now where people can get tens across the board. But even in with 80s stuff, I would kind of start at nine. You shouldn't. You should start at ten. So what I would do as a grader is go back through. Man, if I put a ton of nines on stuff, I was like, I think I just killed this guy. Let me go back through and see if I can find any tens. This guy just got forty-two nines, and I have no tens on anything. Let me reevaluate that because the proofer, when he's looking at them, very difficult to see through the whole. Again, that's that's an issue right now. Well, hopefully, it gets addressed. Um, yeah. I did want to show off the two amazing cards you have oh, here. So are they in your current auction? It's going to be in the January auction if you want to go ahead and show them. That's the highlight. So, this is unbelievable. It is not only a super high grade and worth a lot of money. I mean, you can tell by the smile on my face, man. I love this card. It is a 1961 Fleer. Will Chamberlain rookie PSA nine, dead nut centered, razor sharp quarters, incredible um, eye appeal. Look at that color. So did this walk into the show here in Valley Forge, or did you have an appointment? It would have, because we typically don't want appointments like this walking past the uh, murderer's row. In sure. Front to, hey, what's Absolutely. in the bag? What's in the bag? Yeah, you know, sure. Hey, show me that. I'll give you this. I'll give you that. This was a heritage client that we met on Thursday night, and this will be a featured card in our January card auction. That's great. It's a you know, $250,000 card, and this is a really pretty 9-2, probably not a 10 but it is one of the nicest Chamberlain, literally packed full. Oh, I 100% agree with you. Gorgeous guard. I would say, without doing any measuring of centering, assuming the specs were there, putting under a light, really, at first glance, it's only this print mark. Yeah. And I would say, like, if I was, well, I know it's not Orlando now, but let's say if I was Nat talking to us at a yeah. PSA, you know, getaway uh, in Vegas, I would say, well, listen, you know, we can't put this card in the 10. Because of that. Because dot. of that. Yeah. But, I mean, really... Sans that, this card is effectively as nice as you can get. Yeah, it's one of the nicest Chamberlain nines I've ever seen, honestly. That's great. And so you're giving it an estimate of 250 but correct me if I'm wrong, but when this kind of quality goes up for auction, it's not crazy to think this could sell for 379000 Oh, no. Because it's very, a very low pop, and we also know not every nine is created equal. Correct. Yeah, yeah I could see somebody upgrading the nine with this time. And potentially... Off the price of that nine, which goes for good money, uh, yeah. you swap out, get this higher quality, and sell their nine in the future. For sure. And we love doing that. Yeah. So the next card, is this something that walked into the show as well? Yeah, this was just another consignment. This came in. Yep. So I'm going to look quickly before I show it to the audience. Wait, I didn't even look at it that way. Try well. to figure out 
Oh, okay. So I think I figured out why it's a three. Okay. There's some sort of, let's just call it residue okay. right there. I mean, it's got a nice eye appeal. It's not dead centered, but it's no, but really nice color. Derek, that color. For a three, it does look, it looks, okay, there's a crease right there. Oh, okay. Okay, so there is a crease, but it hides very well, obviously. So, wow, I would have missed this. So you got to tilt it in the light. So remember to tilt your cards in the light. Yep. Because if you tilt it, you can catch creases. What kind of light do you recommend our collectors that are listening to use I'll be at honest. home? I'll be honest. Just anything. I like one with a power source that you can turn up and down. So do I. Okay. Yep. You don't want just a red. I mean, again. You I like do, a halogen. Yes, a halogen for sure. Yep. And you can buy. I see graders using these $20 lights they buy at Target. Totally. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, I just much. like to turn the power source up and down. Get the different sh shades of light, the shadows. But if you tilt the cards front and back, that's how you catch these creases that hide. So this crease goes diagonal kind of almost like it's but it's very different. I didn't see it straight on, but this is a three that would probably do very well because the eye appeal is really nice on it. It's not dead center, but the color is really Check nice. Check out this beauty. 1952 tops, Mickey Mantle, SGC3. It's got the eye appeal of a solid five. Now, it isn't well centered. You may not be able to tell on the screen. The color is tremendous. The corners are very um, indicative of a card that would be a five. There's only a minor crease in the front, which you really can't see even after you look at it. And there's a spot on the back right here, uh, like a surface abrasion, which maybe you could see a little bit. But this card's probably going to sell more in like the three and a half to three range, if I had a guess. Yeah, probably. I mean, I think the estimate's around 50 or 60 grand, and we just let it. That's where we estimate the, the, the minimum bid will be a quarter at Heritage. Everything is a quarter of the estimate. Okay. So it's going to open up at, say, 15 grand, and it's just going to go. Whatever it sells, what it sells. Great. Now, um, before we wrap up here, where can our audience register for Heritage Auctions? Where can they sign up to do? That is simple, uh, www.ha.com. Great. And if they register to bid with you, do they automatically get one of those amazing catalogs? If they, they just call client services, and they can, 877-HERITAGE, great. great client services. You can probably email them as well. I don't think it just happens organically. Sure. If you just sign up, because some people, when you sign up for Heritage, it's free. But you also get pricing data the whole way back to the 80s. You stole my any, thunder. Your pricing data we were talking about this weekend. Okay. Your app is amazing. In any venue. So yes. if you're a member of Heritage, we have antique dealers that don't use us for anything, but they use our pricing data. Any any sports item we've ever sold, the price is there. Any coin, any comic, any rock and roll stuff, anything that we have a department for, which is like 35 parts, art. As long as you're a member of Heritage, you use it as a price realized database, if Absolutely. nothing else. For fun, for fun research, you're going on an antique trip with the wife and you're checking yeah. some stuff out. You you're like, look, you know, yeah, I see an old rock and roll piece, I would definitely check it out. Absolutely. HA.com. Well, listen, we're going to wrap up here. This is Trading Card Therapy, episode number 16. Look for it wherever you get your favorite podcast, Apple, Spotify, so on and so forth. This is my good buddy, Derek Grady, now known as D69, D69. in the hobby. Derek, thank you so much. Congrats no on the new contract. And I'm very excited to see you for the many years to come here. Happy to be here. Join you anytime. Awesome, man. Thanks so much. Oh, you can leave these here. Okay, no yeah. problem. We'll take care of them. Just take them. One last shot at these beauties. Thanks so much for showing these with us yeah, today. No problem. Awesome. Thank you.